0: Hey, what's going on? It's April 6th, and you're listening to episode 52 of the Chasing Points Podcast, your weekly honest dive into the world of sports. What's going on? I am Sam.
1: And this podcast version of Brandon has been brought to you by Blue moon Mango Wheat.
0: And Brandon Hazelwood here. What's up, man?
1: <laughs> hey. Uh, just drinking a blue moon mango wheat. They're not sponsoring us, but I'm trying to get it right now. So let's go. Speaking
0: it. of, I'm drinking a sloop brewing out of uh, fishkill hopewell junction
1: is that the it's cosmic called,
0: no this is called somewhere out there it's in new england ipa it's really good i have the to give you one but this is the last one
1: i have the cosmic uh new england ipa i just picked it up yesterday so
0: nice shout out to sloop for sure shout out to blue moon mm-hmm. what's going on man uh lots to talk about today certainly we're gonna update the uh, nba playoff picture give a you know, uh, a detailed look into the baseball season as as that's just underway almost, and uh, some do you care? We shuffled up the rundown, mixing it up, and uh, but first we have to start with March Madness. You have the uh, the women's listed here, women's game. Should I start with that, man?
1: You absolutely should. Um, okay, because you chose. Is there any reason UConn. why? What I chose UConn, um, and I chose South mm-hmm. Carolina and south yes. carolina won because they were the best team from wire to wire and the yes. reason why i wanted to share this was not to rub it into sam's face even though it sounded like i just did um yep. it, it's historic for the fact that this is the first time that uconn actually lost in the national championship game
0: 11 and one gino
1: so that says one. a lot that this is the first time that they've actually lost in that. But South Carolina, as I said, which is why it was my choice. I've watched several games of theirs from wire to wire. They had the best players, they had the best team. And it's unfortunate because the only offense UConn seemed to have was Paige and Paige was not fully herself. So I guess we'll see what happens next year if Paige stays uh, or if she goes. My prediction is Paige goes to the WNBA. Um, but she might want to run it back to try to get that national championship. And if she does, that'd be great for UConn. Uh, but they still have to go through the juggernauts that are turning into be South Carolina uh, and my girl Staley out there. So let's, let's do that. Right. Um, yeah,
0: man. That's no longer UConn and everybody else. It's, yeah. it's definitely, and and we've seen that they haven't been to the final four since 2016, I think. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, yeah, that team is not this team. And, and you know, uh, kind of played over their head to get, you know, to get to the championship game. But yeah, you're right. They were completely overmatched.
1: For sure. um, from the it was a hard
0: game to watch.
1: Yeah, from the opening tip.
0: But Dawn, uh, Dawn Staley, uh, GOAT, uh, two-time champion. Uh, I don't know what more you could say about her than, I mean, she is uh you know she's just a hall of famer a true legend and just a real leader and uh you saw that in her her remarks after you know that during the trophy presentation and everything she said and kind of hurt the way she communicates with her players and what her players mean to her and what uh they mean to uh what she means to them too i mean yeah goat that's it man goat
1: um I have a point to to make about coaches after we get to the next game. Um, Sam and I picked our national championship game for the men's and that played, we're recording this on Tuesday, but this played, the game played out on Monday night and it was Kansas uh, against our UConn or UNC, excuse me. Um, But there's a game that happened prior to that. And the game that happened prior to that I chose UNC because I can't really go against my team, even though I did not choose them to win the national championship in my bracket, but I did choose them for the show to win. And Sam chose Duke to win it all. Regardless of who you chose in that game. If you watched that game, you won. I don't care what side you're on. Uh, Obviously I was on the side that won that one. um, And I was very, very proud of that, but Again, no matter what side you were on, you got to see one of the most legendary college basketball games that I've ever seen in my life. The fact that it was the first time that UNC and Duke played in the national, in the in March Madness wild. period, yeah. uh, in the tourney is it, absolutely astonishing to me. I would have thought they would have played at least once before, but they have not. Uh, the fact that Duke was a two seed. UNC was an eight seed and at one point, as I mentioned before, weren't even ranked at all during the season. Got blown out by Duke earlier in the season and since that point in time, never lost to Duke again. Uh, Beat Duke and ruined Coach K's last game in that rivalry and then beat them to have the ultimate bragging rights over Duke fans. To say that they've only faced each other once in the tournament and they won. That game from wire to wire was absolutely phenomenal. The shots that were made, uh, so, 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 so crazy. Uh, people asked if this would tarnish uh, Coach K's legacy. If you're one of those people asking that dumb ass question, you clearly do not watch basketball. His legacy goes way beyond those two games that they lost to UNC. Um, the fact that he's won several national championships, he's coached the men's basketball, and I mean professionals like LeBron, like Kobe, so on and so forth, legends that you know in the NBA, and won gold medals. Uh, this man has literally transcended basketball, uh, and he is going to be on the Mount Rushmore of basketball forever. Um, so I do want to get back to Coach K because some friends brought up a, a very interesting question, and I really want to run it by you. So make sure we come back to that. So UNC won their game. Kansas beat Villanova. I had Villanova winning. I think you had Villanova winning as well. Uh, yeah, I don't
0: I don't remember. I think I was waxing poetic about Jay Wright or
1: something. <laughs> fair, fair enough.
0: I don't remember. Uh, yeah, probably did.
1: But regardless, Kansas blew out Villanova, which yeah. was a shock to me. Um, but Kansas was also a number one seed, and there's a reason why they were that. Uh, they've also been phenomenal throughout the season, the game last night started extremely crazy. Uh, Kansas and extremely late. by the way. Yeah, well, yeah, true. Uh, Kansas came out of the gate, punched UNC in the face. UNC responded and came back and was blowing them out by 22. At one point, Kansas, I think at the half they were up by or so UNC was up by 15. Uh, Kansas came all the way back, which hurt my soul, came all the way back and beat UNC, which ended up being the largest deficit uh, closed by any team in a national championship game. Um, It it literally hurts my soul because of Duquette going down with his ankle when he was bawling his eyes out uh, to the fact that coach K said he was the player of the year to him after that Duke UNC game. And he had him that all season long, Uh, but shout outs to Kansas uh, and, and bill self for winning another national championship, uh, that game was also another phenomenal game to sit there and watch uh, from beginning to end. Uh, unfortunately for me, it was not the result that I wanted. But as a basketball fan, you want to see those type of games, regardless of what side that you're on. That's what you watch it for—to see the ups, the downs, see the big plays. Unfortunately, there was injuries, uh, but it was just such a beautiful thing to see. Did you watch? the game yeah okay i yeah. mean you, you made that face i mean sometimes you don't watch certain things i gotta ask oh damn shots i, I, I gotta ask shots you know?
0: fired man yeah of course you're um, a busy man you're you're a I dad am. too you, you i not
1: had time to watch everything
0: that's I why i didn't watch i okay i didn't watch the whole game S-
1: see it's fair enough see <laughs> you're dead it's a okay. good thing i
0: didn't go to uh good thing i didn't go to bed thinking that uh north carolina was gonna win <laughs>
1: no well, offense here.
0: What, what do you think, man? I, I mean, the North Carolina fan, I, I mean, I'm a Yukon fan and the the men, you know, got yeah. knocked out way early and weren't really in contention for this game at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but being, I mean, you come off the highest of highs, you I, for the second time in a month, knock out coach K, his last game His like, you know, I get the whole legacy question. That's, that you're right. That's completely silly. And it's just junk fodder to like fill the airwaves and stuff. And we don't have, you know, we don't have time for that on this. Uh, But as a UNC fan, and I don't know many UNC fans, but like what you, you go from the highest of highs to a huge loss. Like what, what is it enough to just say you, you knocked out Duke in, in the final four and you have those bragging rights. Like, does it negate Every... the whole thing that you lost?
1: every win that they had in this tournament was more than enough because I didn't expect them to do this, especially the way that I've watched them play throughout the season. Sure. But for them to go and be again, not ranked at for several weeks throughout the season to get blown out by Duke earlier in the season, to look like they weren't even going to do anything and look like they were on the bubble of even getting into the tourney to getting to the national championship game, everything that they did throughout this tournament, I am, so proud of them. Like I, it, it hurts to to see your team lose, right? It it really does, especially if you're a fan of that team, but I'm so proud of them to see what they turn into and how they gelled at the end and how they came. Like they were literally seconds away, uh, injury away from winning the national championship as an eight seed, right? And against they beat a two seed, they beat a one seed. They could have beat a second one seed. Um, that, that says so much to me, yes, I, that Duke game was everything to me, but the fact that these young men did this, it was huge. There was a lot of terrible shots at the end. Caleb love, he shouldn't have shot a three. He could have drove to the rack and try to get a two. There was more than enough time, but I also have never played in a national championship game. I played in regular pickup games. I know what you think that you would do. And even in a regular pickup game, you're like, damn, I should have did that. Right. You don't think about it within the game. You're, you're in the heat of the moment. And just imagine you have thousands of people in there cheering, booing. And you know that you have a once in a lifetime opportunity in front of you. There's a few seconds left in a game and you're not down by that much. And you come down to hit a three that would put you up because you've hit big shots and you did it in the previous game. But Kayla Love was flat this game. Right. And, and it just didn't work out. Sometimes you have it. Sometimes you don't. So it, it was, it was a win for UNC moving forward, uh, especially for Hubie Brown and his first year as the head coach. Uh, this is going to make their recruiting class go through the roof uh, just to see that they have a coach like that and how he championed his players. Um, if there's nothing that you have to say further about it, I do have a question for you.
0: Yeah, lay it on me.
1: Do you see the difference between coaching and college basketball in the NBA? Do you see the the separation of passion between both? Do you see how these coaches, men and women coaches, champion their players, feel and have all these emotions for their players, and then you look at the NBA and it's just like, yeah, these are just my guys, and we go out here and play. Like it's just so hard for me as a basketball fan to not see the difference and wonder why it, it does this. And and Colin Cowert said it on his show. Uh, he said that you know that there's a lot of pretentious NBA players that are making all this money. And I sat there and I thought about it. And he, he has a very valid point. At first, I was. Taken aback by because I I'm a guy that stands up for players right and and when they talk about this as if these players didn't come from the bottom of the bottom right people talk about these guys as if they they were born with a spoon in their mouth and they were born with millions no a lot of them come from the places in your neighborhoods or in your city that are the worst of the worst and they worked hard to get here yes they play basketball and that's how they make their millions of dollars but. I'm not knocking anybody for how they make their money legally. Um, So he said this and it made me think like, you know, why is that? Why, why are not saying coaches aren't as they're not passionate when they're doing it in an NBA. It's just, it's, there's a, there's a separation. And yeah, of course it's, I wish there was that much passion in the NBA because I think that would bring the NBA to a whole nother level. Um, so my question to you is why do you think this is like this why do you think well that- i
0: i mean i think you're talking about the step, the the difference is millions of dollars right i mean you're talking about um you know kids uh and a nurturing environment where coaches you know it it's like it's like any, you know any kind of team sport you're you're learning leadership you're learning uh you know dependability and accountability and you know for every one and done superstar there is 11 other guys that are this is it like what are they going to do after this mm-hmm. they're pursuing careers and you know whatever it is not everyone's going to the league yeah for sure but i, I think the difference you know is millions of dollars uh coach k Coach Davis, whoever Gino, Jim Calhoun, you're not getting in. You're getting in Kyrie Irving's face when he's at Duke. Yeah, you're getting, getting his but face. you're not. You're not getting in his face now. I think there's it's a different way you're managing egos, you're managing brands now, and I, I mean you're gonna start to see that as like the you know the licensing and all the NILs and all that start creeping into the league or into college, but for the most part, these guys are brands like you're, you know? Um, so I think that's, you know, the the just big difference is separations, millions of dollars, livelihood, and this is their career and not for every guy like LeBron who takes it, you know, Uber seriously, both on and off the court, you know, you're going to get the guys that just cash in checks and happy to just, you know, in the league and just make some money you
1: know okay like davis got you um (laughs) and i was a shot immediately um so my 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 next thing i want to share with you and ask you what your thoughts are because it was it was kind of alarming to me that like three people that i know hit me up after the unc duke game and one in particular is a good friend of mine that loves basketball plays basketball like basketball is his life And he says this to me, can't wait till the 30 for 30 comes out on how dirty Coach K and Duke was. So I took a step back and I was just like, hmm, because he wasn't the only person that said that to me right after that. Three people said this to me right after this. And there was nothing that prompted it. It was just literally said it to me. I didn't say anything. It was just brought to my attention. So I was curious about it. And he went on to, I asked, like, you know, he said, there's no way every program has or was paid to play except Duke. I said, this is pretty interesting. He said, I'll have to look it up. He said, but they recently sent scouts and assistants to jail to save coaches and programs. Everyone took heat except for the one in charge. So, he did not only said what he said, but he backed it up with some information, and I maybe think that pretty much every team has had somewhat of a scandal in every university. UNC being one as of recent with uh, Rashard McCants a couple of years ago. What are your thoughts on this? Do you think this is something that's going to happen? Because I don't believe every, I don't believe any team is is clean. In in college basketball or during the NCAA, because I think the NCAA is not clean in general. So, what are your thoughts on this this kind of call out here?
0: I mean, I'm, yeah. I mean, the NCAA is not um, a pillar of <laughs> uh, standards, and um, you know, being a uh, thinking, you know, yeah. Is it possible? Sure. I don't know what allegations your friend is talking about. I have no clue. Mm-hmm. um is it possible sure I, my question to you is going to be why does everyone hate coach k uh <laughs> i don't have an opinion really i, uh, I, I can a,
1: give you the answer to why i think everyone hates it's, Coach K. is because yeah. it's he's put at this certain pedestal and whenever when somebody's put on a certain pedestal everybody is going to immediately look to, to chop you down somehow some way right whether right or wrong that's that's for the masses to discuss. But once you get to a certain tier, everybody wants to take their shots and bring up old things and point out this or point out that. So I think it's that also, I think a lot of people just hate Duke Um, outside of me being a UNC fan, the history and messiness of Duke absolutely makes me hate Duke. Right. So uh, same with Bama, Uh, their history. I absolutely hate Bama. Um, So I think certain programs have certain, uh, certain past that don't sit too well with people and i think being that coach k has been the guy for so long and things have happened while he's there with other sports and other teams and certain one and dones and all that people think that there's no way that it can be this squeaky clean because he's never had anything happen to him so i think that's what people are reading into in this day and age because there's a lot of toxic stuff that happens in college sports, as you and I both know. So I think that's where people are going with it.
0: Gotcha. All right.
1: Yeah, just thought I'd uh, bring that up and kind of run it by you to see what you what you thought.
0: I don't. Yeah, I don't know anything about these allegations. Would it surprise me a large program, a renowned program, had some violations or some shady stuff happen in the past? Absolutely not. I mean, this is kind of we live in a world where they vacate titles and abolish records and try to sweep it under the rug like it never happened and i have no idea um and i don't really follow college basketball that closely to know like you know recent allegations or history or anything like that but you know the ncaa is just a um
1: it's a swamp cesspool yeah it has
0: it has its own problems right you know so yeah, um, but shout out to Kansas and uh, and South Carolina and uh, enjoy it. And, uh, you know,
1: Wait, do you care? Let's right. go. Get into it. It's
0: time. Let's do it. We're mixing things up. We're playing. Do you care now?
1: Go ahead. Let's go.
0: Hey, there was a big trade the other day um, in the NFL. It involves your teams, your team. You had three first round picks, the Eagles, the 16th, 18th and 19th pick. And you traded two of them, the 16th and 19th pick, as well as the 194th pick, and you got back a bunch of picks, (laughs) right? Um, It looks like you got back the 18th pick, the 101st, 237th, next year's first, and next year's second from the New Orleans Saints. Your thoughts on the trade and why did it happen?
1: Uh, First, I believe the Eagles won the trade because of what they got back. Um, but for Saints fans, I think you won the trade depending on what quarterback you get in this draft because that's exactly who they're trying to get. They're trying to get a quarterback for the future. I know you and I have talked about it. I know it's kind of, they're kind of almost mortgaging off a lot. Not kind of, they definitely are mortgaging off a lot to potentially get a quarterback in this draft, which is not the best draft to get a quarterback, but they're thinking now, they're not thinking of later on down the road, so I get it. Uh, Depending on who they draft with these picks, uh, it could be a a win for them. So that verdict is out for them. Um, I think the Eagles' move was they had those three picks uh, with the moves that Howie made last season and the season before uh, to make sure or try to get a quarterback. And by them trading off, I think they showed that Jalen is their guy, but he's now in the clock because that first round pick is next year. And if the Saints are bad, that first round pick is going to be a high first round pick next year. And that means that they can get a quarterback of their choice to be the future. If Jalen doesn't improve. Um, But it still puts them in a spot to, to improve defensively, which I and offensively. uh, So I hope that they do uh, use that for who I really want them to get. Uh, But I enjoy, I was confused at first when I saw the trade, like I was like, huh? Like, why did they get rid of? What? No. And then I read it again and was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Like, it's we still have all the picks. Just one is moved to next year. We still have two, two this year, and we also get a couple more in this year's draft too. So I'm happy. this is so I do care. How about you, Sam?
0: Yeah, I, I care. I think it's a great move by uh your Eagles. I don't quite understand it if the Saints are gonna give all those assets up for a quarterback in this class i mean we're a couple weeks we'll we'll jump into the nfl draft but you know from every indication and from accounts i follow and everything i've read about this quarterback class there isn't a quarterback in this class that's worth making these moves for and if you're the eagles and you know you're right if jalen's not the guy there's bryce young and cj stroud from ohio state and and um CJ from Ohio State and Bryce Young from Alabama mm-hmm. that'll probably enter the draft next year yep. and all indications are that these guys i mean we saw them ball and in college, but these guys will transition well into the NFL and you know with all the with all those uh, draft assets, you're going to be in a good position um whether the Saints or Eagles are are good next year or not. Um, so i think that was the move um i I really like that how he's given Jalen another shot, uh, not another shot. Like he didn't deserve one. He totally did. Um, and it'd be premature to kind of pull the rug from under him. And, uh, they, they took advantage of a team that if, if the saints are trying to get a quarterback that needs some stability after having, you know, a hall of famer there for however long decade plus, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's uncharted territory for them and a new co- uh, new uh their defensive coordinator dennis allen's now their head coach so yeah we'll uh we'll deep dive into the draft but i think you know all indications are this is a great move by the eagles
1: early prediction eagles win the nfc east this year cowboys yeah. had, did some terrible moves this offseason letting randy gregory go to the the broncos is probably the the cat it all off for them um but that's my early pick Uh let's
0: get the next one, Sam. What we got? Hey man. Uh Tiger Woods is in Augusta. The Masters are I care. Yes, I care.
1: Yes, I
0: care. Yes, I care. All right. Yes, I care. Masters is awesome. Tiger Woods is awesome. Uh what what was I gonna say? (laughs) Uh, I messed you completely uh, up. (laughs) golf, Golf on Sunday is better with Tiger Woods. And uh it looks like he's gonna play you know, he's got to walk this whole course for four days and, uh, you know, he's 11 months or 12, 13 months removed from a horrific car accident. Mm -hmm. Never thought he was going to walk again. again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he tees off at 10 34 on a Thursday. So be tuned in for that. Yeah. Golf's better with tiger as someone who just grew up watching the guy. And there's a reason that, you know, I, I try to play golf is, you know, Tiger Woods,
1: Uh, he's the reason why I would I ever even thought about playing golf, (laughs) because that sport didn't really look like me um, until Tiger came and did what he did. And he did it in such a fashion. Uh, It's yes, he's had his trials and tribulations as people always bring that in and try to water down his legacy. But he is a all time legend in the sport. And everybody that watches golf wants to see Tiger. The players, all of the players want him to play because Tiger brings the revenue up. Tiger's there, everybody gets paid more, and there's also more eyes on them. Tiger just makes the sport so much better. It's it's he's literally the Michael Jordan of golf, right? So anytime he steps on a course, it it elevates it to a whole nother level. And I'm sure it elevates the players' games to a whole nother level too. Um, what is going to be weird, Sam, is is seeing him walk this course without wearing Nike cleats on. He has uh, certain actual cleats that will allow him to walk comfortably, as this is one of the uh, harder courses to traverse. So uh, that'll be interesting to see that he's not wearing that. Uh, but, I mean, the man, it's just a pleasure to see that he's walking, period, as we talked about. So
0: totally and, yes uh,
1: yes yes super care about tiger
0: he's historically said he doesn't enter tournaments he doesn't think he could win so he was asked today do you think you can win the masters and his response was i do so he's you know hopefully he'll uh be teeing off thursday it'll be fun to watch and um yeah again golf's just better with tiger in it hey uh carlos beltran finally spoke uh he spoke to michael k of the s yes network on his center stage show and uh kind of didn't go into too much detail, but finally talked about the cheating scandal and how it impacted, uh, you know, how, how basically the Astros didn't think they were doing anything wrong and they weren't stopped by the front office. Even after this, you know, letter came out from the commissioner saying, stop it. Uh, they weren't aware of it. They weren't told to stop. And, uh, they thought they were just, uh, doing what everyone else was doing. Uh, do you care about Carlos Beltran in his interview? I know you saw it.
1: Well, I'm going to ask you first because you're the one that shared it with me. Do you care?
0: I don't care. Um, I, It's it's hard because I know he he played for the Yankees. He was involved in the Yankees front office. The Yankees are involved with allegedly doing stuff before they were told not, you know, to stop. And then allegedly they stopped the same with the Red Sox. A lot of these teams were warned. Um, Beltran was a great player. I think he still should have been the Mets manager. But it's you know he's he's a yes network announcer now, and I watched the spring training game yesterday, and it was just kind of weird. Like I'm I'm still a little salty about it, but I'm not like living about living with it every day like Brian Cashman is. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was 2017. We still needed you know we scored four runs in three games in Houston and still would have had to beat the Dodgers. So it's not a given that we would have won that World Series, right. but it still sucks to know that the other team had such an advantage um, on our team. So like, I I, I just kind of don't, I don't care. Like he's basically said all of these things so he can get in the good graces of the fans so he can be a, you know, announcer again. So your thoughts, um, man?
1: I do and I don't care. Um, I don't care anymore because, as you said, this is 2017. Uh, We are in 2022. Um, I care about the now, and I care about what the product that the Yankees are putting on the field now. And as you uh, so gracefully said, even if the Yankees were able to beat the Astros, who were a really good team without doing any of this stuff, uh, if the Yankees were able to beat the Astros, they would have had to run into the juggernauts that were the Dodgers. Now, yes, as for Yankee fans, it's the point of being in the World Series, right? It, it's it's a different feel in New York when the Yankees are in the World Series, right? Uh, especially if you're a Yankee fan. Um, so to not have that opportunity taken away says a lot, but there's a lot of hypotheticals. There's There's a lot of unknowns. We don't know if they would have done this or not, if there was no cheating, what it would have been, so on and so forth. So that part is just like, "Mm, whatever. Um, I do care because I I have liked Carlos Beltran. Uh, He was a phenomenal player. Uh, Just what he did when he was with Kansas City, I I loved it, right? Um, Seeing seeing how he's played and transitioned throughout his time in the league, uh, even as he started to decline, he still was – uh, well respected by many, many people, uh, to hear him say that he was the only player in the report, and every uh, everybody else was basically had immunity, and he was the only one. I think that's kind of shitty uh, to to be the only one in it. Uh, go ahead.
0: No, I was going to say I think that's because he retired and he wasn't really protected under the Players Association. Ah, anymore.
1: okay, that that makes sense. Now. Which
0: he didn't bring up. Uh, but that that has to you know that's people have indicated that that he was no longer an active player. He kind of got thrown uh, okay. thrown under the bus there. He was the la-
1: the sacrificial
0: lamb, you know. Uh, yeah. But yeah, go ahead.
1: That's that's terrible. I mean, regardless if that, I mean, although that is 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 true or maybe true, they, just throwing one person under as if all the players didn't know about it, as if Altuve wasn't over here with something potentially on his chest, right? And these guys having things on their body, like they all know that they had something to do with it, whether they're going to be tight li- lipped about it or not. Like I can't wait for the 30 for 30 to come out in like 10 yeah. years and then them to really like talk about it or see if they'll actually talk about it at that point in time um, because I know they're not going to talk because they know it's going gonna, it's gonna to damper their legacy. I mean, we already have, you know, the whole steroid issue and steroid error and we have some of these Hall of Famers that should and could be Hall of Famers that will probably never get in because of their participation uh, participation in it or not. Um, so I just think it's it sucks. But it, as you said, it's weird hearing him be a, a Yankees announcer. And it it's also weird seeing Coney not there and him being on ESPN now. But
0: um, Coney's there. I he called he, the game today. Yeah, he's doing the he's doing the Sunday oh. night games, but Co- okay. uh, David okay. Cohn called today's game. Okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah, sure. good. Um, good. which is good because if if the YES Network lost David Cohn, that you're right, that'd be a huge, uh, yeah. huge loss. Oh, oh, um, okay. My last my last take on this, and like Brian Cashman bringing all this up, is I know we both live in the New York market and we're Yankee fans, and we've this has impacted us, but I don't hear the Dodgers talk about this at all dodger fans dodger uh media dodger twitter like it's so crazy that like we can't let this go that 2017 team got to the playoffs before they were ready our you know aaron judge and Mm -hmm. on the bats of gary sanchez and and judge and you know all of this like we got there before ahead of time we were ahead of schedule um and i think that's kind of what sucks but like like it's so crazy. Like you don't hear any of these Dodgers that they were robbed of a World Series. You never hear them talk about
1: it. I mean, they talked about it right when it happened. Right, and, right, yeah, but I not. Haven't heard them like they later. Yeah, yeah, they went. They went ahead and turned around and won their own. They were just like, all right, we're just going to show you what we what we meant, and right. then they won their own. Whereas the Yankees are still crying over spilled milk because they're realizing that they're not the Yankees of the old, where they were dominating everybody, and now they're still seeing a division around them with. The Rays, who used to be the team that everybody made fun of, out here winning World Series and destroying the whole division. So as the division gets stronger and stronger, as we're going to talk about soon, it's I think Brian Cashman is realizing that his if he doesn't win something soon, his days may be numbered, which is crazy to say, Sam, but I think that may be the reality, and I think he realizes that too.
0: He's on the last year of his deal too. So. Yeah, so there's that. Hey all right, well that was do you care in the middle of the show. That's pretty cool. Um hey, NBA playoffs are right around the corner. We're we're in the home stretch of last games of the regular season and thought we'd just kind of talk the playoff picture now and some of the play in positions and what you kind of think is going to unfold um as, you know, teams like the Lakers are just stumbling out of contention and and your Nets too are are trying to not make it. I think at this point, you know, they're Kyrie and and Katie are doing everything they can. And they're to drag, uh, this team, this team to the finish line. And, and they're still not winning games. Um, so I don't know where you want to start. Maybe we just start there. Can your nets. I mean, they're, they're pretty much locked into the playing position, but do you, do you see them getting out of these games?
1: I do see them getting into the playoffs. Um, Like, out of the playing games, getting into an actual playoff series. Uh, Do I see them going far? No. I think I see them losing in the second round. Um, And this, the reason why is because their defense, it it doesn't exist. Um, And that's huge, especially in the playoffs. They have shown that they can play defense. But it is... It's like it doesn't exist most nights. Uh, KD is doing the best that he can. It almost feels like he's an OKC again with Russ, um, even though Kyrie can put up points of his own. But the last game, Kyrie was chucking, and KD didn't really touch the ball in the in the last in the fourth quarter. So something has to be done. I still think one of the problems with this team is Steve Nash. Uh, because he doesn't make end game adjustments very, very well. Um, and that's saying something when this is year two uh, and you have these elite players. I've said to you before, Sam, uh, I don't think Steve Nash should have ever got the job in the first place. Uh, yeah. I, I don't, there is way more qualified coaches that have been sitting on the bench. Steve Nash literally was not sitting on any bench uh, being a coach. He had nothing to do truly with basketball outside of his godson, R.J. Barrett, and being around some other guys. Uh, Steve was out here playing soccer, and then the Nets went and got Steve Nash to be the head coach, which still irks the hell out of me because there's so many other coaches they could have gotten at the point in time. But he's there. How much longer he's going to be there, don't know. Um, But that might be something that might be discussed in the offseason, to be truthfully honest. And I don't think people are talking about that enough. I know coaches are. I've I've read reports that coaches are talking about they don't believe Steve Nash can make those adjustments and he hasn't done it. So, yeah, that's where I think that they're going to be. I think they're going to the second round and they're going to get bounced there.
0: Who was the coach before Nash that got fired and he shouldn't have been?
1: Um, He was a Former Spurs coach.
0: um He should never have been fired. I know that never, was a Kyrie been. KD thing. And, you know, I know KD is a leader and he won't throw anyone under the bus, but to take responsibility for this team being as playing as poorly as it is, saying, you know, my injury derailed the season, like, you know, we've spoken about this at nauseam, but KD, you didn't ruin the season. You yeah, know, your we partner did, in did. crime not playing half of the games ruin the season. Right. And Jordan. you know, for whatever reason and you know, we've we've gone on about the politics of it and everything in between, but that's just the that's just the the gist of it. One of the premier scorers in NBA history played half of the games voluntarily.
1: And, and James Harden also is not James Harden. Which right. I don't know if you heard this, uh Stephen A Smith actually said this the other day and I had not heard this until then. Uh, apparently Kyrie, when he came back, called out James Harden and told James Harden he was washed, which is one of the reasons why James Harden left and wanted to get out. And then that's why Kyrie locked him down when they went and played in Philly to show him that he was washed. And he hasn't really been anything since he's gone to.
0: He uh, had those first couple games so him and Joel and the pick and roll, and they were looking great. We're on here, just I'm on here praising how good two of them look together and how they can grow together and now he just looks like the end of the road houston rockets james harden where he's got the fat suit on and he's just barely uh barely hustling
1: i said to you before houston sucked the soul out of james harden and he has not been the same since he's left and the former nets head coach was kenny atkinson
0: kenny atkins yep there you go i got a lot of uh laughs about my dropping Eric Spolstra last week when I uh, was supposed to be Eric DaCosta. I heard about that from a lot of people. Good,
1: good, good. That was that was pretty
0: uh It was pretty funny.
1: Pretty funny. So yeah, no, the uh when when Sam wasn't here, we had Dame and Harrison on and we talked about basketball and we talked uh at that point in time the Bulls were number 1 and Harrison said he didn't see them not being number 1. I said I saw the Nets being number 1. Uh and then the Bucks being two. Uh so we were wrong. The Heat are number one. Uh we were definitely wrong with number two. The Celtics are number two, Bucks being number three, uh Sixers four, Bulls five, Raptors six. Uh so they're already in uh and, and good to go. I, I'm really curious to see who's gonna come out of the east. If I have a prediction, uh it's gonna probably be the Bucks. It's it's hard to go against the Bucks. Uh, they just want it. And Giannis is unstoppable now that he even hits his free throws. So good luck, teams, <laughs> because you're yeah. going to need it. Um, so I, I'm curious. That's my pick coming out of the East. Uh, Sam, do you have a pick coming out of the East, sir? Yeah,
0: I mean, it's, I mean, Giannis is one of the most dominant players in the league. And if he's going to play like he's been playing lately, I know he dropped like 44 the other night, like mm-hmm. – he's gonna play like that, this yeah, watch out. Miami, I just don't buy it. I don't I don't know. I know they have their own issues going on. It hasn't really been talked about, but you know, their whole in-game scuffle the other day, and um, you know, the Celtics losing Robert Williams is it's gonna be a big loss for them. I'd have to say the Bucks too, not to ride your coattails here. But if I had to say right now, a team that's gonna come out of the East, I'd say Milwaukee.
1: I think it's gonna be I think it's going to be the Heat Bucks in the Eastern Conference Final uh, because the Heat has a Hall of Fame coach and Eric Spolster, uh, Jimmy Butler. Bam yep. out of uh, why Why is his name slipping my damn mind?
0: Tyler Thank Hero.
1: Thank you. Um, they, they, those three alone can will the team uh, to do what they have to do. And they play phenomenal defense phenomenal defense and that's what you need in the playoffs uh, so i think it's going to be those two in the eastern conference finals for the west i'm going to run down one through six Suns, memphis grizzlies who are winning without john Morant and still not playing right now which is saying a lot in itself itself golden state warriors mavs which they are not getting talked about enough um the denver nuggets utah jazz So the playing games right now, it's looking like it's going to be Timberwolves, the Clippers, the Pelicans, and the Spurs. Uh, The Lakers have a chance. Spurs have a tough four games remaining. So the Lakers do have a chance. But if the Lakers play like they've been playing, Spurs, you got it on lock. So don't really worry about much. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what the Clippers do now that they have Paul George back. That was a huge pickup for them to get back, uh, especially around this time. He hasn't played. So now he's has no wear and tear from the season on him. It's going to be good, but I don't care what anybody does. Nobody's the Suns. Nobody. Um, the only team that I can see doing it is the warriors. If Steph comes back.
0: Yep. I was just going to say they, that
1: that's because they've been there multiple times and they have the pedigree of doing it, uh, and they have some phenomenal role players. That's the only team that I could see stopping the Suns. And even with Steph coming back, I don't know who's stopping Devin Booker at all. <laughs> I don't know who's stopping him. Clay's a phenomenal defender, but Clay just came back this year, and Clay doesn't fully – he's been playing most of the season now, but he doesn't have his legs – under him to to be able to do that but we'll see uh the playoffs are different um but I do have the Suns and the Warriors in the final game in the finals um the west conference finals what do you got here man
0: Yeah, i i'm thinking Suns Warriors in the in the west there um the Suns team's just really good really good and i you know Grizzlies have been playing great with or without jaw. It doesn't even matter, um, which is crazy to say. Um, but the, the Suns, another, you know, a year removed from the finals. And um, I, I really like the Suns team and, you know, just the group atmosphere, the group think they're just jelly, you know, they're a team. And of course, the Warriors are just that nucleus has been there for so long. And played in so many big games and i'd say that's the uh i'd love to see that western conference uh championship there the The sun
1: only lost 16 games this whole season thus far yeah wow think about that 16 games this whole season have fun whoever's got to play them because it's not going to be pretty uh let's go to baseball we we have baseball right around the corner. And when I mean right around the corner, Thursday. When you're
0: hearing this, it's tomorrow. Yeah. Which is awesome.
1: A, which would be a great, great, great time for us. So Sam and I have put together a, uh, a season preview of what our thoughts of who's going to win what. And we want to share it with you guys. So first, we're going to start in the AL naturally, because we have our favorite team in the AL. Uh, we'll go to AL Central. Start uh,
0: with the Central?
1: We'll start with the Central. Um, Sam and I have chose who we believe is going to win the AL Central, uh, and that is the White Sox. They were my pick to get to the World Series last year. They disappointed me, uh, but I think they will learn from their mistakes and do what they're supposed to do this year. But it's a long season. Uh Sam, why did you pick the White Sox?
0: Uh, well, I think they have the best team in the division, Brandon. But <laughs> most most importantly, uh, I think a bounce a good year from Lucas Giolito. They lost Lance Lynn to a, a knee uh injury, and hopefully he'll be back in a couple months. But Luis, he's another year older, and um I think he's really gonna make the jump. Uh Eloy. I, tim anderson i just andrew vaughn uh, you know bounce back from a, a weird rookie year where he's learning a new position um i think they're i think they're the team to beat in the central and uh despite the fact that tony la russa is their manager um i think you're a year we were both like them last year i think you were a year early on this but i could see them definitely winning a playoff series
1: uh, you know, what's going to be weird seeing is it no longer being the Cleveland Indians and being the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, I I think their logo is pretty cool, but it's just weird to not call them that, especially when there is a phenomenal baseball movie that has them in it. So, I mean, if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you should probably turn this podcast off, podcast off and go watch.
0: Yeah, go watch Major League and then yeah, come back to us.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, so we got that. That was the AL Central. That's who we have for our pick. We're going go to go the the uh, AL East. And yes, Sam and I have mentioned that we are diehard Yankee fans. Neither one of us chose the Yankees to win the AL East. And that's because there's a team in Toronto uh, that has built a young nucleus with one of my sneaky favorite players, Bo Bichette, who I absolutely love, Bo Bichette. Uh, and then, the guy that comes from one of my favorite players of all time he's a junior and that would be Vlad, Vlad guerrero jr um just those two alone says more than enough for me uh but sam and i both chose the blue jays to win the a l east sam if you have anything extra that you'd like to add please jump in
0: you know they not often does a team lose a cy young award winner and still like get better uh robbie ray now with the mariners but they brought in kevin gosman they have jose Barrios. they have other pitchers that i'm blanking on but this offense is going to be trouble Vlad Guerrero could have won the mvp last year if otani didn't do ridiculous things Absolutely. and um i you know just uh i love bo bichette too he's my pick to win the mvp um I also have his rookie card in perfect graded mint condition. So I'm just a fan of bow and the flow. And I think huge years from Teoscar Hernandez, George Springer. Um, they got some guys in the minors and made a huge trade for Matt Chapman. Um, I think this team's really good. And I think, you know, they, they missed out on the playoffs last year. They had a crazy year where they're playing in Toronto, Dunedin, Florida, and they're playing in Buffalo And I also think they have a huge advantage because visiting teams that go to Toronto need to be vaccinated. Mm -hmm. You can't come into Toronto and play baseball or basketball or anything else unless you're vaccinated and you're going to find out. We're going to find out who these players are on opposing teams. It doesn't impact the blue Jays for some reason. They don't need to all be vaccinated, but we're going to find out these players you know if aaron judge isn't vaccinated by may 2nd when the yankees go to toronto we'll know he can play we'll know Mm -hmm. so i think that's going to be a huge huge advantage i don't think there's a lot of players that aren't um major league baseball doesn't really take like huge stands like social stands like you know the basketball and football have um but I'm, i'm sure there's players out there that aren't vaccinated so we'll find out
1: these are all extremely valid points. This is why this is this is Sam's segment. I'm just really just setting this up for him, <laughs> the value for him. Um, the AL West, this is where Sam and I differ. Um, and I'm surprised that we do, but I know why he's doing it because of the young nucleus of the team that he chose. Uh, but I went with the Astros. Uh, it was hard for me to go with the Astros uh, because of them losing uh, Springer, or I mean Carrera, excuse me. Carrera. Uh, so losing him to the twins uh was was hard for me to to choose them but they still have a solid team outside of that uh and they've just been crushing that division for a few years now Uh, so that's why I still went with them Sam went with the Mariners uh why'd you choose the Mariners Sam?
0: well I think the Astros will still make the playoffs um but you're talking about Justin Verlander who's just going to throw until the wheels come off. He's removed two years removed from Tommy John. He's like 38, 39 years old. Um, They've lost Zach Um, know Lance. Yeah. Lance McCullers is hurt. He might not even pitch this season has some like forearm issues or whatever. So he hasn't even thrown in camp yet. And um, I think you're going to need to be able to pitch in this division. They lost Korea. I really like, Jeremy Peña the guy uh, shortstop the rookie who's going to replace Correa but and yeah, the Sestra team's good I just I like what the Mariners have done uh the trade for Jesse Winker you got McChaniger now who can play DH or or Winker can play DH and uh you got this guy Jared Kelnick so he's a uh, sophomore year so he uh hopefully will bounce back from a really bad rookie year end of the year strong But the Mariners just called up the number two prospect in baseball. His name is Julio Rodriguez. And if you don't know about Julio Rodriguez, do me a favor. After you listen to this podcast, just YouTube video this guy. He can do everything. He's got some holes in his swing, but I think he could really be rookie of the year. Um, I've been able to snag him in as many fantasy drafts as I can. And uh, I really think he's the future of this team um, and, and baseball. He, um, the Mariners added Robbie Ray have, you know, uh, another year, Logan Gilbert, they got a guy named George Kirby in the minors who's going to come up at some point. Uh, they fortified the bullpen with a lot of moves um, there. I think they're going to make the next step. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the playoffs. Okay.
1: That was uh. A deep dive brought to you by Sam Favato on the Mariners. Um, <laughs> wild card, Sam. So you put up three names for the wild card. Yankees, Astros, Twins. So we already spoke about the Astros and what you thought was broken about them. Why Yankees and Twins in the wild card?
0: I, I worry about the Yankees pitching. I know the offense didn't get it done last year. And the pitching was like really good and i just don't know if they have enough sever we're counting a lot on severino being healthy jordan montgomery continuing to make strides nestor cortez has been yes, he did. does exactly what he needs to do yeah. and uh you know gonna need tyone who had like ankle surgery over the offseason. gonna need him to pitch better um and we have a lot of like good arms in the minors that i'm really excited about as a yankee fan I just don't know if we have enough. I'm not worried about the offense that much. If Josh Donaldson can stay healthy, we know what he can do. Um, But I I really like this Blue Jay team. I think the Rays are going to take a step back. I'm worried about their pitching. And I don't think the Red Sox have enough pitching-wise for the American League East, but I really like their offense. Um, So that's why I picked the – yeah, that's why I like the Yankees. We talked about the Astros already. And, you know, kind of a sneaky team. The Twins play in the Central where the Royals are getting better, but they're not there. They're getting better, but they're not there yet. The Guardians have Jose Ramirez, some good pitchers, and that's it. And uh, you have to play the White Sox. But I really think that their schedule, the Twins, it's going to bode well for them. They made additions like getting guys like Sonny Gray uh Gio Urshela and um Gary Sanchez of course but I think Byron Buxton if he can stay healthy i gonna show you why he's was the first or second pick in the draft years ago he's a uh, guy's he's dynamic
1: doing, he's got a chance to win the MVP this year if he can stay healthy
0: yeah oh absolutely For sure. um and he only played like 60 something games last year so he definitely runs into walls and get hit by pitches and he does <laughs> he he definitely gives 110 percent out there and he ends up on the IL a couple times a year but um yeah he's dynamic player and Correa is basically on 3 1-year deals so if he can ball out this year he's going to be right back a free agent and he's under 30 years old so yeah, looking curious, for a bigger bigger contract
1: i'm curious to see what Gary Sanchez is going to do there and my uh and my boy the the infamous third baseman that left the Yankees which i'm still still upset about Gio. Um, but I'm surprised Sam isn't championing the Yankees because you know they 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 called up Greg Bird, his favorite player, and uh you know, so we can do that. We got Greg Bird back, we got his other favorite player, Aaron Hicks, back. Sam's just out here winning it all. Um, I'm so happy that there's no neck there. So that's that just makes me happy. So Brett
0: yeah. Gardner is still a free agent.
1: Yep, he better not come back. Um, NL. Let's go to NL Central. Right off rip, Sam and I, we're going to fly right through this one, even though I think they're going to be an absolutely phenomenal team this year. Uh, both Sam and I believe the Brewers are going to win the Central. Uh, I, I think they're going to wow some people that aren't paying attention to them. Um, you, if you have something that you want to dive in on that one, please do, because I, I have something for the next one for sure.
0: Yeah, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, and Freddie Peralta are um flying under the radar in and corbin burns like off a of cy young year is flying under the radar but they're three of the best pitchers in baseball and they're all on the same team NL central is not similar to the al central doesn't have a lot of competition teams aren't very deep um so i think they're you know playing each team 19 times is going to be a benefit for them, and hopefully a bounce back from Christian Yelich because he hasn't looked like himself recently. So that's why I picked the Brewers.
1: Okay. Um, our next for the East, and I was torn on this one. The reason why I was torn on this one is because the team that Sam chose, they have not been so amazing. Um, <laughs> and they always are, in at least in recent memory, they. <laughs> they don't start out or they do start out looking somewhat good and then they they mess themselves so sam has chose the mets and i have chose the braves i was on the fence about the braves because freddie freeman who he can go to hell um <laughs> left, um but they did get olsen as a absolutely solid and younger replacement um uh, and also ronald acuna coming back uh and i think that, that i mean that's my my guy to win the MVP uh for the AL. So I think I he's gonna yeah. have a phenomenal bounce back year and he was on the path of doing that last year. So we'll we'll see what we have there. So that's why, and they're also the defending champs. So that's why I chose the Braves. Uh, they still have most of their pieces and are getting back one extremely key piece and one of the best players in baseball. Uh, so that's why I'm still going with them. But their rival Sam chose the Mets. And I'm wondering why. And I'm assuming it's probably the offseason moves that they made.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, the Braves are only going to be without Acuna for like two or three weeks, which yeah. is crazy um, because of recovering from that ACL. And you mentioned it, Freddie, lose Freddie Freeman, who's one of the best pure hitters in baseball. Uh, but you replace him with Matt Olson. That's, you know, it's, it's pretty good. Um, I pick the Mets because I think... They're the best team in the the East. I worry about the Phillies defense. I think it's going to cost some games and their pitching staff after Zach Wheeler, Um, but pick the Mets. I know Jacob deGrom's probably out till like June or July, Mm -hmm. and we'll be lucky if we see him pitch this year. Mm -hmm. I'm just hopeful because I think I was telling this to my dad the other day. I was saying the three or four year run that Jake deGrom had is comparable to like, something that sandy koufax did, yeah and he flies under the radar because he's just so quiet but he's the best pitcher of this generation uh you could say kershaw too um but just what he's been able to do i think he's great and hopefully they get him back but i like chris bassett he's on a contract here carlos carrasco um taewon walker hopefully they can be healthy but yeah i mean they added they spent a lot of money. They added a lot of pieces. I I really like Buck Showalter as a manager, and I and that's why I picked them. I think finally there's an adult in the room, and they're um, and you know he's, you know Lindor's look great this spring too, so that's why I picked the Mets.
1: Yeah, Buck don't play no games, and those guys probably already know that, and they're gonna learn it throughout the season that Buck don't play no games. Buck likes to, he wants to win, and he don't take no. Ish from nobody.
0: He should have um, been the manager after they fired Beltran. Yeah,
1: yeah, he should have been. He should have been. I thought you were gonna say after uh they got rid of Girardi, they used to say the Yankees I would have loved Buck I would have, back. I would
0: have, I, I like Girardi a lot and I like Aaron Boone. He's responsible for one of my favorite moments in Yankee history. But um yeah, Buck Buck's the man, and he shouldn't have been fired in 95. But nope, am um, nope. lucky to have Joe Torre. So I'll take Joe Torrey and Four championships, any Wild day. Card.
1: Yes, any day. Wild card. Uh, Sam has the Braves. We already spoke about the Braves, but he put the Giants and Padres. Uh, Padres a little bit interesting for me. Um, when are we getting back one of the best talents and was the face of MLB the show last year? When are we getting him back, Sam?
0: I think hopefully uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. like broke his hand allegedly on like a motorcycle or something like. mm-hmm. um don't hopefully he's please. back don't jason williams yourself please don't jason yeah man oh man that that would be bad for the padres too yeah, uh because they signed him to like a 13-year deal mm-hmm. but uh tatis should be back in june or july i really hope so because i drafted him in my favorite league the other day it really late like the 100th overall or something um He's definitely an X factor. Bob Melvin, the former A's coach, uh, manager, is now the manager of the Padres. Again, you get an adult in the room. I think uh, this team, pitching-wise, is great. Um, They got a kid named C.J. Abrams who's going to fill in at shortstop for Tatis, and he's one of the best prospects in baseball. Um, Manny Machado is still there. And um, I, I just like this Padre team. And I'm hoping that uh, they can uh, be competitive in a really competitive NL West. And, yeah, I mentioned the, the Giants here. I didn't get it last year. They were, like, the best team in baseball, and I didn't understand why they won't won, like, 108 games. Um, but they have a way with pitchers. And Gabe Kapler, I didn't think this was possible. But he was, you know, he this team was great. And um, I'm not going to count them out again until I see it, Um, but they added Carlos Rodon and some other pitchers, Um, but we we skipped over the Dodgers, I just realized, did we, did we mention the Dodgers, regardless, um, the Dodgers are just, I think the team to beat in baseball.
1: Oh, yeah, did def- we definitely skipped over Dodgers. I think we skipped over – I skipped over Dodgers because I didn't even think about it. I'm just like – It's well, just like, yeah, I just think they're game. the
0: team to be in baseball. Yeah. I think we both think that. And, uh, you know, adding Freddie Friedman to an already dangerous lineup and uh, Trey Turner on a contract year and Cody Bellinger hopefully can turn back into his MVP self, and then it's over, man.
1: It must be nice to be uh, – A resident of LA and be a fan of sports there. You have the Rams that just won. You have the Lakers that just won a couple years ago. You have the Dodgers that just won recently. You, You you have all your like major LA teams just winning. It must be really nice to have that just happening right now, and your teams just continuing to go out here and spend money to get the best names, you know. Which people, if I remember correctly, Sam. Didn't people always used to talk crap about the Yankees doing that? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's funny how teams have done that now themselves and the Yankees have done the small ball way now, right? It's it's funny how the tables have turned. Um so let's get into the ALCS. I have the White Sox, Blue Jays. Sam has the White Sox, Blue Jays. Uh the NLCS, we both have the Dodgers. Uh where we differ is I have the Braves and Sam has the Mets he's going super hard in the Mets this year. I'm listen, I'm proud of you for that. Um the World Series, I have Blue Jays Dodgers, Sam has Blue Jays Dodgers and we both have the Dodgers winning it all. So we differ a little bit, but we're not too far off of what we're what we're thinking. Um MVP, this is where we differ. <laughs> so, I have a Ronald Acuña Jr. winning for AL, Sam has Freddie Freeman. That's super super solid um al vlad jr and sam has bo bichette so teammates. so i, I was at that
0: dark horse i really think george springer hitting at the top of the blue jays lineup is going to be like dangerous so i was going back and forth or vlad picking blue jay mm-hmm. and i saw you pick vlad and i'm like i'm gonna pick bo
1: yeah
0: <laughs> i just think he makes the leap he,
1: i i hope so i mean we both have a. Uh, a love for him. Uh, my stance in the show is going to be that again. Um, currently, it's just I'm waiting until I get called up to switch my stance back to his. There um, you go. Cy Young, NL. I have Walker Bueller. Yes, it is a stretch, but I somebody's got to be the ace of that team, and I'm going to say it's going to be him. He's definitely
0: definitely is. Um, and if he can stay healthy like he has the last couple of years, you're going to see what he can do. Yes, for sure. Uh,
1: you have Corbin Burns. He's from the Diamondbacks.
0: The Brewers.
1: Brewers. Okay. Wasn't Cy Young last year. What who what am I what Corbin am I thinking that was on a Diamondbacks?
0: Oh, Patrick Corbin. Thank Back you. in the day. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, was,
1: I was like, I know there's a Corbin I'm thinking of. So um AL, we both have Garrett Cole. Uh, I feel like they're Best. just gonna waste him this year. Uh, but I guess we'll we'll see. Uh so rookie of the year mentions you have Julio Rodriguez, uh Bobby Wood Jr., Spencer. Chorkelson. and then is who was that then that's his full name
0: wander Franco.
1: oh that's wander okay i was just like mm, okay that's right wander has the same like weird uh situation as uh what's his name last year that i i had winning the uh rookie of the year his teammate on the race yes randy rosarena <laughs> thank you thank you um, that that was a cheat last year. this was like, "I'm gonna pick the guy that just did and balled out that way." So Wander Franco's kind of that cheat this year.
0: I think he's technically a rookie. I could be wrong, yeah. but no, I think, I think he's right. technically a rookie.
1: I think you're right. So that makes again,
0: sense. yeah. Julio on the Mariners, Bobby Witt Jr. on the Royals, and Spencer Torkelson of the <laughs> Tigers. I think they could all win them. I love this new CBA that all of these guys are getting called up for opening day, and we don't have to play the bullshit game of like roster manipulation and yes. like keeping these kids in the minors till May and then calling them up. So I'm really happy that they're, uh, they're getting their shot now. Cause I think this is the future of uh baseball
1: run, run down this other future of baseball for the NL man.
0: Uh, Just some guys Uh, on the NL side, Bryson Stott's a shortstop for the uh, um Phillies and he's competing with DD to play shortstop or with Alec Boehm to play third base, Hunter Green and Nick LaDolo are pitchers for the Reds, and they have some injuries out of the gate, so they've both been called up. Uh, Hunter Green's like the second overall pick from a number of years ago, and LaDolo was like seventh overall a couple of years ago, and they both have a. I mean, Hunter Green's got electric stuff, electric, um, and LaDolo's. Been a pretty good prospect, too. Really good numbers in the minors. And um, they're all called up and going to play uh in April, which is really exciting. So I put them down on the list. I can't pick one for each league, so I'm not.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Well, you've got previews of the playoffs for the NBA. you got previews of the season for MLB. I love when we do this so Sam and I can have receipts so we can always share – with our friends, hey, I, I called this. Um, so when we talk about it months later, we can come back and have our bragging rights. Uh, so let's see what happens. Uh, Sam, what are you looking forward to this weekend?
0: I uh, What's up?
1: And the rest of the week.
0: Uh, opening day, man. I hope it doesn't get rained out on Thursday. Um, but uh, for the Yankees, at least. Uh, but just, oh, baseball officially back. And, of course, it's Masters weekend um which is cool i mean i'm not you know i watch the masters on saturday and sunday i don't really watch too much during the the week but um i will try to especially the tigers in the hunt for sure
1: okay what about you man Uh, i myself will be watching uh the masters to see what's going on with tiger uh again share the same sentiment can't wait to watch the yankees play um as i said to sam before although neither one of us picked The Yankees to win the division. I do think they have a strong chance of being an underdog this year, which is crazy to say the Yankees and the underdog in the same sentence. Uh, But I do believe that they have the chance of doing that. And it really depends on, as Sam said before, if Seve can stay healthy. Um, If he can, that rotation is going to be something else. Um, I think that offensively, as you said, Sam, there's nothing that the Yankees really have to worry about Uh, but the major issue which I hope is finally fixed is them staying healthy so I'm really that's the only thing that I'm really truly focused on this year is seeing if they can stay healthy because that has plagued them year after year outside of that UFC is on Sunday Um, I didn't want to do the UFC corner I actually just want to enjoy this but I definitely suggest you guys tune in so you can see the main event uh, which is Alexander Volganovsky uh, against the Korean zombie Chan Sung Joon. Um, and then Aljamain Sterling uh, against Peter Yan. Uh, those, those two fights right there alone, but also uh, because he's a friend of a friend of mine, Gilbert Burns uh, is fighting and I want to see, but he has a hard bout. Um, so we'll see what happens there with that. Uh, but yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to and just, uh, you know, enjoying the spring weather because there's no more of the s word or so i think so yeah that's that's all i got sam
0: hey man and this was uh the chasing points podcast episode 52 um yeah thanks so much for listening and make sure you follow us on instagram at chasing points podcast and check us out at chasingpointspodcast.com. for brandon my name is sam Dear Brian Cashman,
1: extend Aaron Judge before tomorrow. Peace.